Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Yeah, so I had this ex who would only eat the $2 instant ramen, not the 20 cent Marachan ones, you know? Okay. Not really that weird. And she refused to drink the alcohol that comes in the gallon plastic bottles. Okay, no one should drink that. Oh, and she always bought name brand toilet paper. Oh, okay, I see what's happening here. Russell, we're not doing bougie flags. We're doing beige flags. Oh, my bad. I never read vowels. Now that's a beige flag. Freaky friends, it's Michelle and Melissa from the Freaky Fridays podcast. We are sisters in separate states and love to talk about all kinds of spooky, freaky, and scary shit while drinking and laughing through our fear. Join us Fridays as we delve into everything from the world of the paranormal to scary movies to creepy stuff we find around the internet. Subscribe to Freaky Fridays wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Sleep tight. Make sure you leave the lights on. Freaky Fridays is a proud member of the Podmoth Network. For more awesome pods, check out podmoth.network. Welcome to Get In Down and Wordy. I'm Russell Perkle. And I'm Hannah, and I'm also on the podcast. And on this podcast, we take popular songs, make them nerdy, talk about music, etymology, and linguistics. Yeah, and this time is a bit of a surprise for me. Oh, yeah. Uh well, surprise Hannah. Um we we're talking about <laughs> we we're talking about the Harvey Danger uh hit song Flagpole Sitta today. Flagpole Sitta in the music side of it. And we'll also be talking about the concept of beige flags, this kind mm-hmm. of newish idea that's come along in just the past couple years. And we'll talk about what For that is. For the first time, I think, in our lives, Russell and I are on the cutting edge of a trend. We got quite a street going here. I mean, we talked about <laughs> Ice Spice this year, even though I don't yeah. quite remember who that is anymore already. <laughs> uh, uh, she was on SNL. Adorable. <laughs> we talked it turns about- out that, I don't know if you've noticed this, Ross, but SNL's kind of been following our vibe. Like, for the last couple of se- like since for a year at least, SNL like usually will invite people that we have talked about <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> now, that would be wild if they start inviting our guests onto SNL. <laughs> like Matt Hobbs hosts one, one episode. <laughs> we can only hope. Oh my gosh. If Puppy Songs is on uh, SNL this week, you will know. I mean, they're really missing a trick because he, he can do the, one of those things where he's both the host and the guest, you know, because he's a funny oh, yeah. guy. Yeah. Musical, yeah, guy. they're doing that a lot more. They actually had Bad Bunny on this last week. Oh, and uh, he hosted too. Yeah, he hosted and he presented because of the uh, the SAG strike. Um, SNL's kind of uh, focusing on non actor uh, guests, so a lot of the guests this season will be until the strike is over, at least, are going to be also the musical guests. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. That whole thing, it's like, I kind of thought all those people were in SAG. Like, 
if you're a actor on SNL, shouldn't you be in SAG? But I don't know. This I I get they're all doing what whatever they can do, you know, to make it work. So mm-hmm. good on yeah, them. Yeah, the at unions least are, are really it, you know? um you know the UAW is not just the United Auto Workers, it's the United Auto Workers and uh there's nurses in there, there's a couple of teachers, like the union structure in the country is is not at all like easy to for the layman to understand. Like oh, wow. it's a wild map. You know who else is in a union? The uh, the flagpole erectors. That's right. <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> well, I mean, it could possibly host here. a union jack. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes sense, right? I, th- they seem mm-hmm. like the, the kind of dudes who would have their own union. I, I hope they do. Um, so Harvey Danger, is- this is uh, a band from Seattle, Washington. They, they formed Se- in 1992. And... Even though they're in the Seattle area, it's this early '90s kind of time. They're not really mm-hmm. grunge so much, you know. They they have more of like a, people compare them to like Weezer and these sort of uh, alt rock, indie rock bands. Like yeah, this, I almost want to say like they're ahead of their time for Seattle because totally stereotypical state Seattle band for today. That's really like, true, and it's mm-hmm. kind of true that in some ways, I mean, not you know, it does really sound very of its time, and in some ways, but in other ways, it sounds much more timeless. This song, "Flagpole Sitter," than like uh, uh, "Smells Like Team Spirit" or something by Nirvana, you know. <laughs> so yeah, interesting point. Uh, so their their name Harvey Danger came from just this like graffiti phrase that was written on the wall of the uh, university newspaper where they worked. Uh, essentially, like, the the two guys who decided to start the band, they were just student journalists at uh, whatever the university in Washington is. Mm-hmm. And they actually didn't know how to play instruments when they began. They, they sort of had the idea to be a band wow. first. And what? then they, they started playing, like, house parties, and then they got a uh, lead singer. Who's, uh, Gosh Nelson. darn it, sometimes life really does work out the way that people tell you it works out, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of like, if you're in the place, right? If you're in, like, the uh-huh. the big happening place, life sometimes, for some people, can kind of be on easy mode, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, can you imagine if we just to say, hey, let's start a band, you know, we don't have any, like, talent or ability, <laughs> but... I'm sure it'll work out fine, you know? I mean, that's how we started a podcast. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we really <laughs> didn't know. Any shoot, we're just like Harvey Danger, oh no. <laughs> we're still waiting for our one hit, though. We're not quite one hit wonders yet, so. <laughs> uh, it, the, the so song, is Flagpole uh, Sitta their one hit wonder? Is this the yeah. thing? Pretty okay. much it, right? So they didn't really have any other success after that. Flagpole Sitta was on their first album, which debu- mm-hmm. debuted in 1997, called uh, Where Have All the Merrymakers Gone? Which I I, th- I love their uh, use of merrymaker <laughs> as we were talking about like this uh, more traditional use of merry to mean kind of like getting drunk, you know, like partying. Yeah. You know? Yeah, um, although, you know what, Russell? I will be totally honest. If this is their one-hit wonder, um, I would call it more of a, like, one-smack wonder. I don't recognize this song at all. I wouldn't uh, call I it a s- hit. I was going to ask you that, yeah. But, you know, yeah. I, think, 
I think you're just too young, actually. Like I, <laughs> I recognize this song very well. But even I'm probably a little bit younger than the kind of demo, right? Because this is definitely like a Gen X song. You know? Yeah, yeah. You said that they started in '92. They started in '92. This doesn't didn't come out until '97. But okay. you know that that means in order to they be like a to, teen, they needed six years to learn how to use the instruments. Which is fair. I mean, that that's actually still pretty good time, you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's not SpongeBob time, but. <laughs> yeah, so in order to be like a teens or 20 something in 1997, you'd you'd have to have been in Gen X, right? So um not really a song made for us exactly, you know. <laughs> uh and, and so after after they made the song, they were just kind of like uh just kind of pissy about how no one wanted to hear anything else they did. Everyone really just liked this song. And Ooh. uh that they they did a lot of weird sort of rationalizing about it. You know, they're talking about like radio stations would play the song like three times a day, and it was just oversaturated. They said they they said like they got overexposed really early, whatever that means. You know, uh, so essentially, like after this song, I think they got really irritated by how this is the only thing anyone wanted to hear. And they sort of blamed everyone else rather than kind of thinking, well, maybe we just didn't make anything else good. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they did. I'm just saying, like, if it were me and I had, first off, if I had one hit song or whatever, one hit podcast episode, I would be, because most people get nothing. You know, we have zero hit songs, right? That's true. (laughs) We we don't have, like, we, like, talk about songs that are on the billboard 100 we don't actually have any songs on the billboard 100 this is one of the injustices of the industry it's true like sometimes we try to be a little tricky about it like uh you know let people assume that we're the ones who wrote the song that we're talking about <laughs> but i'll tell you a little we didn't create these songs actually so <laughs> we just talk about them. yeah um I I think in a way it's kind of like a Gen X thing, right? Where Gen mm-hmm. X sort of we're, we're all about you know not selling out and about authenticity in a way that's very different from today. I think I think today you see people they get one hit, they get one thing that goes viral that just kind of becomes their whole thing unless they oh, yeah. get something else, you know. Um, Bad Baby or, or Rebecca Black or uh, we've covered a couple of them. Exactly, yeah. And, and today with the TikTok trends, often you see where like they get a hit and then they'll just re-release it, re-release it in different mm-hmm. little variations, you know, and be totally fine with it, totally happy with it, you know. Yeah, that's like a, that's the creation of folk music, isn't it? Well, uh, in what way? What do you mean? I mean, folk music doesn't really belong to one person. It's just a sort of a culture. Uh, everybody puts their own spin on it. Ah, you're saying like many different people kind of recording right, the right. same There's songs. There's no pride involved yeah, in the TikTok too. songs yeah. because it's sort of like a communal thing. Right. Anybody can make a make their own version of it or make a silly yeah. take on it or something. Yeah, and I think that's there great. are a lot great. of um, sea shanties now. Um, I'm not saying it's the worst thing in the world, uh, but maybe there's enough sea shanties. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a future episode if we ever 
make a time machine and go back in time about a year and a half, <laughs> and then we could do an episode about sea shanties. <laughs> that, that would make people me will so still happy remember. If we could- Ah, uh, to get yeah. a working time machine just for this podcast would make me so happy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was on our list, actually, sea shanties. We just never got around <laughs> to doing it. And probably we will. You know, it never stops us being super late with anything. And we usually get around to stuff. We'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> so essentially, like, they, they did a second album. It bombed, so they broke up. They reformed a few years later. They made another album. It bombed. They broke up again. <laughs> Uh, so, I think yeah, we know I don't what know. the problem is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the gosh darn executives. It definitely is. Or the listeners. You know, the listeners are wrong. Yes. You know, with that Screw famous the listeners. They should buy more merch. <laughs> uh, after, after they kind of disbanded for good, uh, they all just kind of went on to do other music stuff, you know, join other bands and uh, or be mm-hmm. somehow involved in the music world, do radio shows, stuff like that. One kind of interesting note to me, uh, Sean Nelson, the lead singer, after they disbanded, he he wrote and toured and recorded with the Long Winters, who you may know. Mm, uh, this I don't is know the band that you do though. This is the band that did the original theme song for My Brother, My Brother and Me. Yeah, oh. it's familiar, but not too familiar, but not too not familiar. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, wow, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, and so that's not their theme song anymore for my Bim Bam. And, right, now uh, they have a Eurovision alum. Which is great, definitely a yeah. big improvement, no shade to uh, the long winters. But the, the whole thing that happened was John Roderick, the uh, lead singer of the, the long winters, on his Twitter account, he uh, posted this tweet about how his daughter, who I think was four or maybe six, I don't remember how old, she was hungry. And he gave her a can of beans, and he said, "Well, figure out how to open it, you know." And uh, great fathering. He yeah, and he decided to you know uh, post this funny anecdote on Twitter. And of course, like when anyone posts anything on Twitter, he was just dragged and completely canceled to the extent that uh, my brother and my brother and me had to stop using their song as their theme song because his. I uh, didn't know the background of that. Yeah, so so it was so he was so controversial at that point, you know. I mean, is he a bad guy? I don't know. I mean, obviously, I think we we can never really speak to if famous people are good or bad because we don't know them, you know. But uh, he he kind of says like, you know, I, it's not like I was never feeding her. It was like in the space of an hour or two, and it was just kind of a half joke half kind of let's stimulate her brain sort of thing sure sure was this like refried beans or was this like (laughs) lima beans i believe it's like a lima bean bean type situation it was not a refried but i don't know Uh, what exact color of bean it was if you hand your child lima beans then that is child abuse (laughs) <laughs> which bean is acceptable for a child maybe a green bean right that's that which seems to be green, the most child friendly. Well, obviously the green beans would be my green flag which would be your beige flag bean <laughs> I, I pretty much love all beans uh so i don't really have any red flag or beige flag beans as far they're as all just green of. flag beans they are yeah yeah the, uh, the only thing i will say is that i find that in fancy restaurants Oftentimes they seem to serve you al dente beans, and I I think that's 
horrible. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, but it happens all yeah. the time. Oh my gosh, stop that. Stop that immediately. <laughs> yeah, like one of my favorite foods is lentils, and I, I've never been to a restaurant and had lentils cooked to softness, you know. But that's not the only bean there. There's a bunch of other ones, too. Um, so talking about the, the song itself, Flagpole Sitta, uh, in a lot of ways, it's just kind of like a stream of consciousness, like written in the mm -hmm. moment, kind of let's put some lyrics together. This, um, the chorus of it, I'm not sick, but I'm not well. This is actually from another song that he had in his little songwriting book, actually. So he was just kind of putting it together. Uh, but to the extent that it does have a topic, it was about these sort of like superficial rebellious acts that people do, like getting a tongue piercing or telling everyone that you don't own a TV. You know, these kind of things where uh, you do them to like kind of signal uh, rebelliousness, right. you know, but they don't actually do anything, right? They don't have any real impact. You know? I mean, I had a, a pair of fingerless gloves when I went through my emo phase in middle school. Yeah, that's pretty mild. That's probably about as uh, <laughs> about as mild as you could get. You know, <laughs> so subtle. Yeah, I had. If that a, was uh, a spice, it would be. It would be. Uh, salt is too delicious. I don't. I, I, I started that, and I was like, "Where am I going?" Well, it would be bay leaves. You know, bay leaves. The the subtlest. Bay leaves are fantastic. Though. They don't you have just... any. They don't do anything. <laughs> you put them in a soup and then you take them out. They flavor that broth. They do not. I I would dare you to blind taste test whether a soup had had a bay leaf in it or not. <laughs> and then the other problem with bay leaves, they're like they're almost like a red flag for me because like then no one ever picks them out. So you, then you're like just eating your soup and you got to pick out your own bay leaves. And it's mm -hmm. like, why are these Salad. even in here? They've changed nothing. Salad is the biggest red flag of them all. <laughs> so, it's a, it tries to fool you with all that green. It's a red-ass flag. <laughs> I like a good salad, so I can't really speak to that. Well, I no, think we you're, might, you're vegan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we might find we have very different red flags, actually. <laughs> uh, but so talking about, and we will talk also about these, uh, the content of this song, Flagpole Sitta, and whether or not these things might be red flags beige flags or green flags for us but um talking about this idea of like little acts of rebellion that aren't really mm -hmm. very rebellious they're just kind of uh attention getting uh this is kind of like the act of flagpole sitting itself which is you know why they named it flagpole sitter right okay pause flagpole sitting is actually a thing yeah yeah and i'm about to tell you about it as well please do so this was a, a kind of a trend in about the 1920s. Um, okay. And this is very simply exactly what it sounds like. It was the act of sitting on top of a pole, such as a flagpole, for mm -hmm. a long time. <laughs> I know that we talked a little bit about Dracula last week, but I don't know. This sounds kind of impaley, Vlad the Impaler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, it sounds really pretty almost amazing when you first hear about it but there's one little detail that's very important which is that they yeah, the put butthole. a little platform up oh, there oh there on. is okay that helps <laughs> which that really <laughs> it's still quite it's still quite wild that they do it but 
again, the little platform really changes things quite a lot. Do they bring the platform with them, or is there always a platform and I've never noticed? <laughs> On top of a flagpole, I'm pretty sure there's no platform. <laughs> Unless you sort of freeze the flags, so you wait till it's a really cold day, <laughs> and then you use the flag as a platform. But Flagpole no, they, they sitting is it. perfectly possible, but only in sub-zero temperatures. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, a recipe for, what is it, uh, death right there. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the lawyers do require that we say that flagpole sitting is not a great idea. Don't do this at home. <laughs> if you have the tenacity to, to choose to do it, honestly, I don't want to hold you back. You know. Okay, that's exactly what the lawyers told us not to say, Russell. <laughs> <laughs> this is why the lawyers don't talk to me anymore. <laughs> uh, so this, this trend in the 1920s, at least, it was popularized by a former sailor. Uh, and th- he is also like a stunt actor, but his main stunt was just doing these flagpole sittings. But he did some other cool stuff, too. He, he like learned how to fly a plane and he did some stunt plane flying for, for movies too uh but his name was alvin nicknamed shipwreck kelly i don't uh, want to know how a sailor got that nickname well he claims that he survived the titanic <laughs> okay <laughs> which has been verified to be completely not accurate at all okay, verified yeah, to be I've, unverified <laughs> i'm glad that you i'm glad that you answered that question as soon as i asked it before i even asked it <laughs> yeah yeah uh so, so he's just a professional bullshitter well i mean he is truly sitting on top of these flagpoles for quite a long time so in that way he's not a total bullshitter but of course like a lot of these kinds of guys he he definitely tries to hype up his own legend and his own uh status quite a lot that's that's definitely true yeah um so in his initial stunt and it's not really clear why he did it it's possible that he just did it on a whim. It's possible someone dared him. It's possible, actually, that he was doing it as a really weird uh, stunt uh, promotion for a department store that was nearby. Uh, he kind of <laughs> tells different store? stories about it. <laughs> yeah, maybe a flag store or something, right? But So is this um, like viral marketing circa 1920? Yeah, you could kind of think that, right? Or and it's you know, almost even like a like a TikTok challenge or the ice bucket challenge, ice bucket challenge or something. Oh yeah. You know? Oh, did he get up on the flagpole and say, "I challenge President Hoover"? <laughs> I don't Would know who great. was alive in the 1920s. That's I, I think that's ex- as good a guess as any. Yeah, it, it's you're actually, closer than I could have gotten. I think you're you're definitely in the ballpark because right because Hoover was right before and during the. Great Depression, and this was too. Yeah, so great job. Yeah, wow. that's right. Nice president knowing. Thanks. Um, <laughs> so, like, I mean, like, but it is true that, you know, he did it and it created a trend and other people did it too. Mm-hmm. You know, there's also, do you ever hear about this um, other trend? I almost want to say it was around the same period, but maybe it was 10 years f- later of like squishing as many people as you could into a phone booth. No. <laughs> looks like you. It looks like no. And uh, what's so I the don't answer? Know. How many fit? How many people in a phone booth? Uh, let's see. Phone booth stuffing. Uh, this is an extra fad just phone for you guys. Booth stuffing. Uh, it was kind of around the post World War II era, and um, 
it looks like the world record in 1959 was 25 uh, people were oh able to squeeze at least the greater portions of their bodies into a standard upright phone booth. Right. Well, that sounds perfectly horrifying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you compare the two, I think I would... They're both scary, but I think I would much rather be on the flagpole than inside a phone booth with 25. Yeah, there's so many people. Too many. Yeah, I would much rather be alone on a flagpole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so, you know, it's like you can see how, man, they really in some ways didn't seem to have a lot to do and also seem to be willing to do a lot of really unpleasant stuff. But I guess that's true today, too. You know, if you look yeah. on the Internet. See a lot of the same kind of. Uh, I'm a little behavior. curious about how these memes, like, because uh, that's essentially what they are. They're they're how do people... they spread? Yeah, yeah. How do they spread without the internet? Newspapers, I guess. You know, the newspapers are just like talking about the latest craze and kids sitting on flagpoles. I think as so, your kids I mean, sitting on flagpoles. If you ever listen to the Dollops uh, pastimes where they read through a newspaper, it's a lot of that, right? It's a lot of like oh. newspaper writers having surprisingly little news to write about, and they just write about things they heard of happening in other parts of the country, you know? Fair yeah, enough. Sure. Yeah, fair enough. So uh, Shipwreck Kelly's initial stunt was 13 hours. Uh, huh. But this was quickly beat by other people. Uh, very soon after, the record rose to 12 days, and then 17 oh days, God. and then 21 days. Holy crap. And, uh, but Shipwreck Kelly, he was able to reclaim the title at 49 days. And no. this, was, this was the most for quite some time. Uh, but actually, he doesn't hold the record. Uh, a year later, a guy named uh, Bill Pinfield actually beats Shipwreck at 51 days and 20 hours. Russ, I want to ask you a question, and I kind of want, to, want you to think about it honestly. <laughs> how okay. petty are you? Like, like, how desperate are you to hold on to a record? Would you sit on a flagpole for 49 days if somebody else had sat on it for 48? No, not at all. I'm like the opposite of petty. I, I don't go out of my way to prove anything. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I prefer to just have a nice life. <laughs> that's, you know? I think that sounds healthier, man. I really yeah, do. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, it, it's interesting that Shipwreck Kelly didn't try to beat that record. But in general, we still generally think of Shipwreck Kelly because he did it the most, right? He Essentially, this became his career was just going around the country, sitting on flagpoles, and people would just come and watch him do it. <laughs> it's so wild how often that happens, but this was a character in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, man. <laughs> totally, ah. totally. Uh, and so he he says that up there he would generally just like subsist on coffee and cigarettes. So according <laughs> to his, his claims, I don't know, did he never eat anything or is he kind of exaggerating? But it's said that he okay. just smoked and drank coffee. Up there. Okay, so this this raises another question. How does the natural product of drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes occur in full view of public on top of a flagpole? Okay, I get where you're going with the coffee, but when with the cigarettes, do you mean lung cancer? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> natural. You're going to cough yourself off the damn flagpole. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So coughing up some things. This is a little bit awkward. Yeah. I was really curious about that, too, with the, you know, re- relieving your waist. Yeah. And there's no, no, uh, nothing in the records about it. I don't know. That's the, that's probably the most <laughs> curious part, right? People are watching. I, my guess is probably he would just wait till there's no one around and he would just like pee off the side, you know. Mm. But I don't know. It's a great question. I'm thinking it's more of a pigeon situation and the ground under the flagpole was absolutely disgusting. You have to assume, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So he would do some things there. He would kind of like brush his teeth still, which is fascinating if he's, you know, sitting up there, not even pooping in a toilet but he's still brushing his teeth and still shaving as well well i mean the breath is is probably horrendous if you're just drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes yeah but who's up there to notice you know you yourself i guess yeah um and he would even kind of sleep and basically his his method was he he would have he would put two holes in the side of the pole and he would stick his thumbs into the hole and if he swayed too much, the pain in his thumbs would wake him up. Oh, my God. That's comfy. brutal as hell. So, so cozy, right? <laughs> oh, my God. This guy was a World War I vet, wasn't he? Because those people are a hard freaking core for no reason. Yeah, he, he definitely was. Yeah. So he, uh-huh. was, uh, he was, of course, a sailor, a Navy guy his whole life. Uh, he also worked as a steel worker, a boxer. Uh, wow! And, yeah, he was he was an ensign in World War One. Yeah, damn, Shipwreck was like an adrenaline junkie or something. Yeah, see, you get the sense as you kind of get from a lot of these uh, guys from that era that life was just so hard generally that like sitting mm-hmm. on a flagpole, comparatively, it's I don't know, it's almost nothing. You know, it's like uh, <laughs> at least you're not getting like beaten by uh, another dude or like shot by a missile or something you know yeah that's right at least it's not italian bullets yeah uh this in so it's not really clear what exactly the origin of his idea to do it was again probably just a uh whim or a dare or something like that but there was actually another kind of really similar situation which was an ascetic monk in turkey who did the same sort of thing, but he was sitting on St. Simeon the Elder, who was in Turkey. Uh, Yes. He was an ascetic Christian monk, and he sat on a uh, essentially a column there in Turkey for 36 years. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Basically his whole life, just to uh, essentially be closer to God, to kind of... uh, try to do, you know, this sort of act of worship that leads to having, I don't know, epiphany, I guess you would say. Transcending, wow. something Talk like talk about that. putting yourself on a pedestal, eh? <laughs> so true, yeah. And, uh, inter- you know, he, he entered the monastery at 16, and the other monks found him so uh, zealous that they politely asked him to leave the monastery. <laughs> he was too <laughs> zealous for the monks. And so this was essentially kind of what did it. So he was like, he was like, he was so into this idea of, you know, just really trying to push the limits of asceticism 
that he first moved to a cave or something weird like that, and he still found it was too worldly for him, so he he stood on this uh, column instead. The, the cave was too worldly for him? Yeah, too worldly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know those nice caves? Didn't Fred Flintstone have one of those? Yeah, it's true. Probably like gotcha. a, a bunch of... I mean, this is way back, so probably a bunch of like cavemen in there. Materialistic. You know. <laughs> that's what he was. Well, Fred, Fred Foote's all very materialistic, so that's fair. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, essentially, like, people would just kind of uh, throw or sort of use a pulley system to, to bring food and water to him on the column. And interestingly, he, he was actually pretty popular. I don't know. It's just kind of this uh, public figure in the city. People would come and ask for advice. From this man who had never done anything in his life, and he would That's give them hilarious advice. to me. That is very, <laughs> very funny. But I mean it's it's like it's in line with true believer of Christianity, you know, because if you're if you're like connected to God somehow, then you should have all the answers, you know, because God has all the, the knowledge, right? I mean <laughs> It does sort of like um, make you think. Why? Why are we so hard on neuro uh, neurodivergent people today? When I mean, back in 1920, we were asking for their autographs. Like, yeah, yeah. I feel like sitting on flagpoles is sort of a special interest. It's definitely divergent. It definitely diverges from the thing yeah. that most people do. That's that's unquestionable. I agree. 100%. Right. And and back then people were like coming up to them and saying, "Hey, tell me about my love life. Am I like you know the things?" And nowadays we're like, "Hey, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about." It's crazy <laughs> how that like switches. It's true. Yeah. Really true. I mean, the me I just point that I'm trying to make is uh you should ask for neurodivergent people for life advice every single day. I just don't ask anyone for advice. I, I don't yeah. know. Where do I, I, we had a, I had a conversation about this with someone once. I don't know where I get my advice. I think like, I often just do things that I happen to read on social media. <laughs> this basically <laughs> creates oh, no. my whole life, you know? Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> oh, no. Um, oh, boy, yeah. That's, I mean, that's better advice than I get. I, I, I just, uh, I don't, I also have no outlet for advice. Russell, are we even adults? Do we know what we're doing? No, I, I, maybe that's part of our problem is we're not actually, like, asking anyone for advice. You know, most people have, like, mentors and stuff. Like that's that. a fair point. Not de-mentors, but just mentors, right? The good kind. Hmm. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so that is Flagpole Sit-Up by Harvey Danger. We're going to talk about the concept of beige flags after we get back. But we'll, we'll kind of start by, of course, explaining what that is and then talking about the song a little more. Because there's a lot of possibly red flags in here. I don't know. It depends on maybe how desperate you are, how lonely yeah. you are. You know? uh, the facts are at least kind of rosy. Yeah, true. Mm -hmm. Hey there, fellow true crime aficionados. We're the host of Bad Axe, a true crime podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Aaron. Join us every Thursday for twisted true crime tales of dark deeds and despicable people. We focus on lesser known unique stories with a new case each week. 
We've covered family annihilators, cannibals, revenge killings, killer kids, mysterious murders, survivor stories, and much more. We've even tackled stories of people who blamed zombies, vampires, ghosts, and voodoo for their bad acts. Of course, we know they're the only ones to blame. You can find us everywhere you get your podcast, or you can visit our website at badaxpod.com. If you like fresh stories and new perspectives on crime, Bad Axe will be your new jam. Join Bad Axe every Thursday. Stay safe, y'all. See you soon. Beige flags we're talking about today. So uh, we know the idea of red flags, probably. Uh, red flag would be something about a usually a romantic partner, but could be any situation. Mm-hmm. But uh, a romantic partner or potential one that makes you just say, no way, this is this guy or girl is not an okay person. Like, uh, I don't know, yelling at a server. Oh, or- that's a major red flag. Uh, doesn't like dogs or cats or whatever. Or wants to uh, uh, explain the entire movie before you see it. <laughs> That's a good one, too. That Make sure maybe... that you get all the nuances of the good father. <laughs> yeah, maybe even a beige flag for some people. <laughs> uh, so we have the opposite of that, green flags, supposedly. But I'll be honest, you hear people say red flags all the time. I don't think I've ever heard anyone in real life talk about a green flag. Uh, no, usually in that context, they're more talking about uh, what they call turn-ons. Yeah, turn-ons. And there are or... turn-offs, uh, but you're right, there's not that sort of equal, um, uh, there's not that sort of like one-to-one for green flag and red flag. Yeah, yeah. I, I think looking online, it seems to exist as a term, but I don't think as many people use it. And so it's almost like it's not quite as much in the lexicon you know but we get the Mm. idea of course of green flags the opposite of red flag well beige Uh, flag uh, wasn't in the lexicon until very recently maybe green flag is up next we do like to predict trends (laughs) maybe it's coming up yeah i I even thought about maybe we should try to figure out what the other flag colors would be in the context of yes maybe (laughs) if we really tell me what's uh, your yellow flag (laughs) don't have enough to talk about yeah Yellow flag is just what I hold up when I need to go to the bathroom, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Beige flag, then, as you maybe could guess from the name, this is kind of like softer than a red flag, right? So a red flag makes you say, no, no way. Something's really Mm -hmm. wrong here. A beige flag usually means more something like uh, it's just quirky or weird or even kind of amusing sometimes. But it's not a sign that you should stop. It it doesn't cross any lines. It's not a deal breaker, anything like that. Yeah, for a lot of these beige flags, I, I more often like hear people jokingly attribute them as red flags. And really, it's not a deal breaker. Uh, like, my sister has dated plenty of people that she has said have had red flags that apparently were just beige. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really depends, right, on how, I don't know, particular, how uh, accepting, how, uh, in some cases, how just, like, risk uh, mm-hmm. opposite of averse you are. You know, how risk averse are you or not, right? Uh, but yeah, some things are red flags for some people that maybe shouldn't be. Uh, and I, you know, I I want to talk about this concept a little separately, but I will say that in a way, I kind of see beige flag as a nice shift because oftentimes 
whenever people talk about beige flags, they're talking almost in like a celebratory kind of like, ah, mm-hmm. it's so funny. My boyfriend, my girlfriend does this uh, in a way that, you know, in the past, maybe these kind of weird isms, these weird things that people do would be less like celebrated. You know, so right. I think that's maybe. really sweet. It, it's yeah. more. It's less of a romantic, idealized uh, love, and more of a um, this person is a person, and they are unique, and I love their uniqueness. Yeah, we're kind of broadening the window of what is acceptable, what is normal. You know, yeah. and, and sometimes really broad. Like some of these, I'm going to share mm. that I found online get pretty Ooh. extreme, where it's like you kind of think, well. I guess it's not a red flag. He's not hurting anyone, but that's pretty wild. That thing that she there's said no he technical did. victims except <laughs> the universe. <laughs> yeah, except me, who had to read this thing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, first, so let's spend another little moment with Flagpole Sitta. So this song, he says a lot of wild stuff, and I was mm-hmm. just curious here. Would you say this is a beige flag or a red flag or even? A green flag, you know? Ooh. Uh, so he says, I had visions. What do you think if you're dating someone who claims to have visions? Ooh, needs context. Um, in some contexts, that is a big old red flag. Like, in what is context? this something that you should be medicated for? Or is this like a religious thing? Or what do you mean by visions? So if they need to be medicated... For it, would that make it a red flag for you or just a beige flag? If they need to be medicated and they're not medicating, they're then that's a red flag. To. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. a red flag because you got to protect your own, like, uh, absolutely mental health and safety. Yeah, I agree. That makes sense. If for me, though, even more so, if it's just this kind of person who just feels like they're a little bit psychic or something, that's kind of a red flag for me. <laughs> I don't want to date a person who thinks they're psychic. I'm good. Yeah, that's cool. No thanks. (laughs) Uh, Next, he he speaks about the rottenness and evil in him. What do you think? Oh, that's a red flag. That's a straight up red flag. That's hey, I'm I'm going to cut out pictures of uh, celebrities and scribble out their eyeballs. Right. I may do a school shooting later or something like that. (laughs) If I have time, maybe I'll strangle a hooker. Like that's that's what that's telling me. Uh, he says he's been around the world. Can't be nice. What do you think? Um, I would say that's a beige flag, a little bit braggy. I'm not really yeah. begging into like status, but that's a lot of stories, probably very interesting. How about you? That's kind of how I thought too. Kind of a beige flag because it's a little braggy. You know, I I don't like these kind of people who are always talking about the stuff they've done and how amazing they are. And that's probably a red flag on me, you know, because that just speaks to my <laughs> I don't want to hear about self-esteem. anybody else's accomplishments ever. Exactly. It's really true. I, I can't stand to hear anything good anyone else has done, which <laughs> should make me undateable in theory, but here we are. Uh, only stupid people are breeding. This this nice, uh, what is it, a political opinion he has? What do you think? Oh, well, that is... Um... A really crass political opinion, but one I'm not necessarily um, 100% uh, uh, like I can understand why that would be a political opinion. It's not my own, but yeah. um, I would say beige. Beige. That's a political opinion I can, I can like, it's, it's a different, but I can work with it. It's one of those things where you have to talk a little further with this person, right? Because on the one hand, as I think you're trying to get at, maybe it's kind of true, but 
it's one of those things where if you say it, you're a eugenist, you know? Yeah, right? yeah, not so much. Like, you, you it's like, like s- kind of a question where the next question, okay, so what do you want us to do about that exactly? Like, what, yeah, do, just, what do you think should change here? Because that's just, that's just the nature of life. And uh-huh. I think that stupid people breeding is fine, you know? And I think that maybe that was the, like, the, um, the... Con- like that's how it sa- felt and sounded back in 1997 uh, these days i feel like the phrase only stupid people are breeding sort of re- re- uh refers to the fact that this entire world is on fire and why would you want to breed during the apocalypse uh yeah that's a good point yeah but you know it's also just generally the rhetoric the rhetoric of like you know, white genocide folks or like oh, Elon yeah. Musk oh, folks yeah. who are talking about, you know, Jews will uh, not replace lower, us, lowering birth rates, destroying society, stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I think it's pretty problematic. Again, it's yeah. a statement that many very progressive people have made. Obviously, the movie Idiocracy was about this idea. And I don't think Idiocracy is a hateful movie in any way. You know. No, but it so that's is a tough you're one. right a hair away from eugenics. It, it, it's definitely not something that you want to hear someone say on a date, you know. No, right? no. <laughs> like, it just shows a lack of theory of mind that that's a topic that they, they will bring up, you know. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Red flag. So, yeah, maybe red flag. I don't even own a TV. What do you think? Beige flag. Yeah, I, I can see beige flag there, too. Again, it's a little braggy. It's a little hoity-toity, like, uh, I just read books or do whatever, you know. And but, again, this is maybe something that meant something more in 1997, but in 2023, we all have TVs in our pockets 100% of the time. It's like, true, it's right? Saying we don't own a TV doesn't mean that we don't own a TV. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like, I have TVs in my place here, but... I don't necessarily use them much, and I've definitely not had TVs at times in my life, just because I mostly just look at my computer, you know, watch things on my yeah. computer. So, yeah, much more uh, versatile. Uh, I want to publish zines. What do you think? Publish zines. Yeah. Also needs you know, context. Are you uh, are you a communist or are you a uh? white supremacist or are you both or <laughs> so you ask uh, what the zines are about yeah yeah my, my thing you... is like I, I think people who talk about publishing zines red flag okay people yeah you who, know what i heard myself zine, asking for context and then yeah. i was like no he's bringing this up red flag like doesn't matter the context if this is the topic that you are choosing i don't want to hear no, it a little different i'm saying something a little different people who want to do it but don't do it and just talk about doing it. Mm. Red flag for me. Oh, I can't, I can't stand this when people talk about a thing they're not doing. And I know that's a pretty hard line, but for me, but if a person actually does a zine, cool, really cool. You know, um, also debatable because I have, I have encountered (laughs) a lot of zines on college campuses that, uh, you don't necessarily need an editor or a conscience or a stream of consciousness. Even sometimes that's true. Yeah, I wouldn't say I would read the zine. I probably wouldn't even. Which again, <laughs> red flag on me there. <laughs> but I like that they're publishing it. I think it's yeah. Go follow your dreams. I'm happy for you, <laughs> but apart from you. 
Okay, real quick here. Pier- I want to pierce my tongue. What do you think? Uh, pierce your tongue? I'd say that's a beige flag. Beige flag for me, too. It's just, I mean, it's fine to do it. Uh, I think it's a little bit attention-getty, and, and it's just generally, like, the people that I tend to date and be compatible with are not that cool. So, for me, it's just a sign that probably it's not going to go that well. I am not telling Tiana, but she is really <laughs> cool, okay? Luckily, she doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> Red <laughs> flag on cool. her. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's too cool to listen. That's definitely true. Um, if you're bored, then you're boring. What do you think? Oh, um, beige. I mean, it's not a, a really a red flag. It's more of an like encouraging you to follow your curiosities. That's kind of nice. Yeah, I I don't know if I'd call it a red flag, but I do generally have a problem with this idea that like it's like this really soft gaslighting to say that if if you're bored, then it's your fault, right? Somehow it's a failing on you. Sometimes things are just boring, you know. Sometimes you're in a mm-hmm. boring situation, you know. It's like uh, I don't think yeah. the onus is always on you to entertain yourself that's true that's true an exciting life 24 7 you know it's not my fault i'm falling asleep at your bat mitzvah you you just it's not it's boring yeah sometimes you're in a situation where you it would even be wronger to change (laughs) to flip the script you know what else is having a bar mitzvah and you suddenly like stand up and uh i don't know like uh Raise your shirt over your head or something. Like, I, I like <laughs> beads! Come on, you 12-year-olds! No, uh, it, it doesn't work at all. Yeah, again, a lot of these things, I think, speak to a kind of a lack of, uh, I don't know, social intelligence, emotional intelligence that yeah. in, the, in the dating realm, it's not necessarily bad for everyone, but it, it may cause some complications, I guess I would say. That's you know. true. That's very true. You're right. <laughs> this is a very red flaggy song. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I I don't know. I mean, I don't think this necessarily reflects on Sean Nelson, the writer. I think he was kind of being satirical, you know. So, of course. Uh, <laughs> just to not really throw him under the bus and drag him totally, you know. <laughs> okay, so base flag. So this, this idea kind of started as a TikTok trend, uh, seems to be from... 2022 so again pretty fresh pretty new yeah super fresh uh i know i heard about it on npr wait wait don't tell me and this was like one of their little trivia facts is that right ah well once wait wait don't tell me talks about it you know it's legit yeah and that was quite a long time ago so again we've kind of dragged their feet on this uh did we wanted to make sure it stuck um i did did not Um, I did not. I'm not very much on the TikTok. Um, I am also an 82-year-old and a 31-year-old's body. Uh, (laughs) There's a lot of stuff that I haven't heard about. Um, I'm curious why beige? Yeah, yeah. I I think a lot of people wonder that. Uh, There's no clear answer. No one's explained it much. I, I think there's a couple things. So, of course, beige is in some ways, just a softer color that's a little close to red. I think a Mm -hmm. pink flag, pink already has so many other associations that that wouldn't really convey the same message. Um, But this trend kind of started, the the idea of a beige flag started a little differently, and the meaning evolved to mean what we think of now as like a quirk. In In its original usage, beige flag actually meant something usually on a dating app 
that would probably signal to you that that person is boring, right? So uh, using like kind of cliche phrases in their dating app or, you know, like um, I think I remember using dating apps. People always say like, I'm looking for my partner in crime, you know? Oh my gosh. Uh, And you see that you just know they're not a very original or thoughtful person, you know? Gotcha. um, So for like the aromantic version, I'm picturing uh, live, laugh, love signs in the house. That's a good one. Yeah, exactly. These kind of okay. uh, yeah, things that we'd also call like being basic, I suppose, is pretty close. Basic, right? yes. Basic <laughs> and beige. Basic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's it. It's etymologically related. But no, I think <laughs> I think they chose beige because beige is just kind of like a boring color, relatively speaking. You know, it's I kind of the neutral what it was. color. I think right. it might have been like the Lost Boys, but I recently saw a movie where uh, somebody referred to somebody else as having an aura that is beige. And I just <laughs> thought that was the best burn that I'd heard. It's great. Yeah. Now now I'm just thinking about the Lost Boys because they got that scene where the, <laughs> the super muscular guy's playing saxophone in the middle of the desert. <laughs> oh, it was so ridiculous. Coolest yeah, thing re- in a movie. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Great movie. Great movie. <laughs> I, got, I gotta watch that again this year. I watched it for the first time last year. Actually. Oh, really? I yeah, just watched I, it for the first time like two weeks ago. What do you think of it? Uh, it, was, it was very 80s, but not as 80s as it could have been. It wasn't also, what you expected it to be? or um, it, I didn't expect all of the tropes that I have grown up with to have originated in The Lost Boys. <laughs> that's so true yeah surprisingly influential movie right yeah, for me <laughs> i always assumed lost boys was like a really dark scary movie of course it is dark in the same way monster mm. mash is dark because it has vampires in it but lost boys is really it's it's very much like those 80s uh buddy comedy things because actually a lot of the plot of it is is centered around the Corys, you know, Corey Feldman. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. With the with the hindsight and context of that, that was added like a pretty heartbreaking dimension. Oh, that's true too. Yeah. But yeah, it it was much very much kind of just an 80s comedy in a way that I did Mm -hmm. not expect at all. Yeah. (laughs) And Diane Weist in the 1980s just could not get it right with her partners my goodness she was a single mom in like every single movie i saw (laughs) her in yeah true iconic um so it started out to me kind of like a boring a sign of being boring you know and and they're just kind of you know as as words often do they just kind of float around and their meaning drifts right Mm -hmm. so rather than being a sign of someone that's not a red flag because maybe it's just a little boring it became not a red flag because maybe it's just a little bit quirky something yeah okay uh that's kind of cool so of course we'll we'll talk a bit about some examples of red flags or beige flags but i want to first just get into dig a little deep into some etymology right love this Um, part of the podcast (laughs) so the concept let's start with the concept of a flag itself uh this word comes to us at a, in about the late 15th century. It is a Germanic word, and actually all Germanic languages have a word that looks almost exactly like flag. Sometimes it's spelled with a v like vlog, sometimes it's got two g's or something. Uh-huh. But it seems to be first recorded in English in you know the the Anglo-Saxon language. So oh. uh we have the distinction of being possibly the the inventors of this particular word. 
that's that's kind of interesting. So these proto proto flag words, uh, did they always mean like banner or or strip of fabric or something? Or yeah, what did much. they originally mean? Pretty much. And we'll talk about kind of what came before flags. But our word flag, we don't quite know what came before it, but the uh, most likely is it came from a word flacken, uh, which means oh. meant something like to flap or flutter, right? Yeah. And of course, even we have flap that comes from the same kind of root there, right? Okay. And the funny thing about it is, of course, that means it's also an onomatopoeia, right? Because you this this a flack is kind of the sound of a of a something waving, fluttering, right? Flack, 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 flack. Oh, right. that's fun as heck. That's really yeah. cute yeah. and fun. Yeah, always nice to discover a surprise onomatopoeia. Right? Oh my gosh, a surprise onomatopoeia makes my day. So the uh, flag is a concept, as a thing that people use. Uh, this is basically goes all the way back. Uh, ancient Egypt, they had, instead of flags like we would think about it today with cloth, they had almost like symbols on a stick, like a kind of a shape or an animal or something. Uh-huh. Those flat, though, it looked to me like it was made of metal, but I'm not really sure. Uh, okay. And actually, the, the people who study flag history, they have a word for this. They call them uh, vexiloids, these things that are like a flag, but not a flag so it's flag vexiloid vexiloid because vexology is the study of flags if that's not a spider-man villain then i will eat my hat i would love it yeah he's just flag themed yes ah great vexiloid (laughs) yeah i mean now i'm thinking what is the relationship of spiders to flags like they're probably (laughs) not friends i I can see a flag of spider making a web on a flagpole, but I don't think it would go super well. Oh, I bet if uh, Charlotte's (laughs) Web was rewritten in 2023, she'd make a little flag cheering Wilbur on. (laughs) Or she'd make a really problematic flag, like Let's Go (laughs) Brandon flag or something. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that that pig shares our political beliefs. All lives matter. I'm talking about farm animals. <laughs> Let's elect that pig president. I like the way he thinks. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got a Charlotte's Web Animal Farm crossover. Really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so they had them in ancient Egypt. They had them in ancient China as early as like the 11th century BC. So quite a long Ooh. time ago. Uh, during the medieval period, the Middle Ages, uh, silk from China uh, was coming into Europe, and this allowed people to make flags, you know. And, and so okay. these are flags that you could easily fly from a pole. They would stay um, uh, stay there, like, in pretty good condition for quite a long time because they were so flexible in the wind so they didn't tear quite so much. Gotcha. Um, so the pri- prior to this, like the linens and the fabrics would have been like incompatible with the fluttering in the wind. Yeah, they would tend to just kind of put a banner or something on a wall, right? And ah. even then, you're kind of like, well, it can't really be exposed to the elements for too long. So you know, they might oh. lower and raise their banners for certain situations, whatever. Okay, right? I see. So we didn't have a flag with a flagpole until the Middle Ages. There. Um, and these flags, of course, there were no nations. So you didn't have like a national flag. They, they more had just kind of kings, you know, powerful families, rich families. So they had these, of course, heraldry, her- heraldric 
heraldic banners, you know, as we picture with like the lion and the kind of uh, different sorts of patterns on them, stuff like that. Russell, if you were responsible for creating the heraldry for uh, this podcast. Oh, for this podcast. That's yeah. a great idea. Yeah. Well, we already have our logos a little bit flag-like. We've got like the music symbols and the looks like text on it, you know. That's true. So probably Is that the flag we would use? If we had something to... kind of like that, yeah. Yeah, if we had to stake our claim in some sort of land or indicate that this property belonged to us. Yeah. I I, I mean, that's fine. I, I think we could workshop it. There's probably something more we could do than what we're doing now but i oh, think yeah. it's a good start you know it's a good start oh yeah because you just know you need you need music in there you need words in there some kind of suggestion of nerdiness and yeah i mean okay. the michigan flag has two deer we don't have any deer <laughs> and then you put every flag of europe in, in australia <laughs> in there to symbolize the eurovision kind of a, i don't know a circle around it you know um and so they had the flags here at that point to kind of symbolize uh you know your your house so to speak on almost like a game of thronesy type thing and then of course soon after the middle ages the age of sail which this the beginning of that's uh around the mid 15th or 16th century uh this is the time of sailing of course uh, they would use flags in a similar way to say, okay, this is the country of my ship. But they would also start to use them for communication uh, to say, like, okay, we're um, in distress or we're carrying some uh, munitions, I saw in some cases, oh. stuff like that, right? So they had these different flag uh, communication symbols. And so today we get kind of a mix sense. of that, you know? Because you would need something that's brightly colored that you can see over long uh, swathes of ocean. Exactly. Mm. And, you know, the question, why a red flag for danger or something like that? Well, red is actually the color that you can see best from really far away. Uh, and to get kind of mm. sciencey, red has the longest wavelength. So the, the uh, waves of red light are scattered the least by the air molecules. And so, therefore, it can reach a longer distance. So, it's just so literally the, the logic, sign you can see the best. it would actually be a green flag. It would be a blue flag. Because you don't even see it against the skies most of the time. Yeah. Okay, I, get, I guess I get your point. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, too. Uh, and so, the, the red flag, uh, it was used in earliest uses was 1602. And that was uh, military forces indicating that they were preparing for a battle. Not quite sure why they felt the need to tell everyone. And um, in the sense of a warning, this dates back to 1777, and it was referred to, it was used uh, to warn about floods, oncoming floods. Oh. So we okay. had the sense very early on of like these flags being used to communicate danger or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot to be said about, you know, how flag communication has evolved today into, you know, obviously now we have flags for uh, sexual orientation, flags for political uh, sentiments and affiliations, stuff like that. But, you know, that's so far from this idea of beige flag that we're talking about today that I think we'll do like a different episode just for that. Yeah. You know, I don't want to like try to wedge in all the 
uh, rainbow flag and uh, BIPOC flag, trans flag stuff yeah, here. Because yeah. I, I think that's a really rich topic. So we'll talk about it. It is very, very rich. Probably not like the best uh, choice for an audio medium, but uh, of, as a visual <laughs> medium, absolutely. Fair, fair, yeah. <laughs> um, All right, so. Uh, do you have a favorite flag, Russell? <laughs> no, no. Uh, one time, my a friend of mine, uh, it's a complicated story, but he was selling flagpoles, and so he gave me one in order to <laughs> make a video of me putting it up. And uh, so I had to choose a flag, and uh, I, I guess I'm like a dirty communist because I didn't want to choose an American flag. I just feel like <laughs> that just tells people you're a Republican for some yeah, reason. Yeah, pretty much. You know? um, and, but I was surprised by how hard it was to find a good flag. And so the flag I found, uh, even though it's an audio medium, I guess I'll get it to show you. Ooh, prop time, show and tell. I don't have, I don't have the flagpole anymore, of course, but I oh. still have the flag. And it's a uh, cat oh. pirate with, uh, uh, it's like a Jolly Roger, but it's a cat. And then it's got like uh, crossed fish bones instead of bones. Crawl. And his eye patch has a little cat paw print. How cute! Yeah, so I love flag. it. What's your flag, Hannah? You don't have a flag. That's weird. I the don't have a flag. flag with me, but my favorite—that I know, total beige flag. But my favorite flag is the South Korean flag. Oh yeah, pretty good one. Yeah, my That's other one flag. that I like because it's just so weird. What is it? The Isle of Man or something? Where it's like a oh, head with the feet, with three yeah. <laughs> so weird it's like he has his head where you'd have a butt except there are three legs and a kind of a i'll never understand how that it's, flag it doesn't here. make sense it doesn't make <laughs> sense isle of man okay but that's for our that's for our other flag episode where we talk about that stuff uh, so words related to the word flag uh we have flaunt uh, again, these are words that came from the same root in some way. And this was the sense of uh, displaying yourself in flashy clothes from the 1560s. And it came from this idea of like signaling or almost like waving a flag to try to get people's attention. Flaunting in that way. Um, flagging as into kind of like uh, diminish, like my, my uh, enthusiasm is, is flagging. My attention is oh. flagging. Um, My energy's flagging for sure. This is from 1610, and this comes from the sense of, like, drooping or going limp like a flag, you know? (laughs) I don't know if, like, if the point of the flag is so that it, like, flaps, and then everybody says, yeah, it's like a flag because it doesn't flap. I don't know (laughs) if your invention of flag did what it was supposed to do. It's so true, and it's funny to think that we never question it. You know, it's like you just kind of get from the context what flagging is supposed to mean and what should be really confusing, the fact that it appears like it would mean the opposite. It never even crosses our mind, you know? (laughs) It's weird how words work like that. Um, Flaw, like having a flaw, like an error. Oh, I'm unfamiliar. (laughs) Red flag. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this maybe is related so this is from the 14th century and uh it originally meant something kind of like a flake uh so the idea was like let's say you have a statue or anything right and you have something chipped off right because it's been damaged in transport or something well this is a flaw right so of course it's something that didn't quite go right or maybe you're chiseling it and you kind of break a little piece off right okay um 
the relation to flag again it's not totally totally clear but uh flag also has this sense of flatness right so and again mm-hmm. we we as we talked about the the um kind of original where it comes from flacken has this meaning very or similar meaning similar trajectory to flake uh-huh. if flaw and flake are related flag and flaw are probably also related just from the sense of a, a flatness right and I imagine just because you said it out loud that uh, giving somebody flack for something would also be under that sort of etymological root. Yeah, I, I think more or less, you know, flack was like this kind of um, in the military, like war, I think it was just almost like shrapnel or um, fodder where it was just oh. like little chips of something that you could oh, fire out of origin? a cannon or something, you know. It's something like that. I, I don't want to say too much because I don't know exactly in military people got me get really angry. Yeah, uh, I'm not a military nerd. It was something like that. So yeah, definitely similar meaning to sort of like chips, you know, this this kind of thing, shape-based. Um, so that's flag. I, I want to talk about one more etymology thing before we actually have fun and discuss beige <laughs> flags and i was thinking about like you know we did these color episodes so so far we've done blue so far we've done pink well this yeah. should really be the beige color episode as well yeah and uh so we'll talk about where does beige come from and the other thing that's kind of fascinating to me is we have a lot of different words for the same or almost the same color right yeah so i i thought of myself brown because of course you know light brown is basically beige uh-huh. Uh, khaki, pretty much exactly beige. Oh, khaki is um, extremely beige. Umber, oftentimes close to a beige color. Uh, sienna, oftentimes mm-hmm. close to a beige color. Tan can oftentimes be exactly a beige color. Yeah. Uh, buff and blonde as well. Gotcha. Uh, this is this is not to mention you know pink, which I know is really different from beige, but. The way it was used, it, in addition to uh, carnation or carnate, uh, originally meant something kind of like skin colored. And of course, white people, we basically have beige skin. We're so it, it's beige. interesting to think that, that there it was actually even in the same kind of little wheelhouse of vaguely light brown That's interesting. Colors, you know? Um, so to talk about beige itself first, this is from 1858, originally describing a kind of fine woolen fabric, and it comes from the old French in the 13th century, meaning just sort of the natural color of wool or cotton that was not dyed, right? Interesting. And- it does have a very French-sounding, uh, it is a very French-sounding word. Yeah, true. It sounds a lot like bourgeois, sounds a lot like... Yeah. Uh, Rouge, etc. You're so right. Beige. Yeah, and you can even get the sense from the sense of like undyed, plain. The the second meaning, like we're talking about today, of like beige meaning you know not extreme, right? Yeah, like lack of panache, really basic. Uh, brown comes from an old English word brune, which just in its origin meant kind of dark or dusky. Uh, which, like a lot of these words, which we've talked about for colors from English, it also sort of meant its opposite at the same time. So it could mean kind of bright or shining at the same time. Oh, that's uh, not so confusing. We, not at all. As as we said, it kind of just all works out in a weird way. <laughs> if you don't think too hard about it, 
somehow it works, you know. You call anything <laughs> anything. Um, and we still see this other meaning in burnish, right? Which has a meaning kind of like polish. Yeah. Like you can burnish a, a metal to make it shine, you know. That's pretty uh, fun. Surprisingly to me, bronze, unrelated. Uh, bronze comes from a different word, probably meaning something like uh, glowing coals or fire. Right, or it doesn't mean the. It might even just mean the the ore itself, bronze. Yeah, well, that's what it means now, of course. But uh, what? Where did that word come from? What word did they adapt to mean the ore? Uh, bronze. I know we talked a little bit about it. Is bronze an alloy, or is it a straight uh, element? Let's see. Yeah, which one is which? I can never remember. I think bronze was the alloy. Because okay. I think it was copper plus something else, right? Yeah, because whenever you do like those civilization sims, it says first you have to mine like iron, and then you have to mine like copper, and then you can make bronze. That's you play the bronze age. sims? It's such a red flag. <laughs> uh, uh, so khaki. Uh, this is from 1857. This is an Urdu word. So this actually oh. came from like around India. Uh, and this was because the British cavalry, when they were there, probably doing really nice stuff. You know, I, I think <laughs> I never heard about the British doing anything bad in India. Correct me if I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah, mostly just being very polite, I, I've heard. <laughs> That's what I heard. They're polite guys. That's probably yeah. true. Yeah, you know? I have no reason to doubt them. <laughs> uh, terrible. Uh, and, and so this word khaki came from a word like kak, kak, whatever, uh, which meant dust. So it's like a dust-colored oh. uniform. I, I like yeah. that because it's also sort of onomatopoetic because when you get dust in your throat, it's kak, <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, maybe it does come in yeah. that way. Who knows? Yeah, and I, you know, I, I think this is something we see a lot where it's like soldiers, they'll go to another country. And then I think they come back and it's like a badge of honor that they know these words from the country yeah. you know, to, to kind of like brag about how they're more worldly. Especially for the yeah. British people. It's more like, uh, oh, yes, uh, it was such a rich culture that I destroyed. <laughs> totally. Mm -hmm. uh, umber. This is kind of usually a darker brown, to be fair. But there, there's like a raw umber that's a little bit more. In the beige-ish category. umber, raw sure. umber. Is there a fully cooked umber? <laughs> right in the middle, umber, perfect. <laughs> Al dente umber or something. <laughs> <Who knows? laughs> uh, this is, of course, a pigment, uh, which is why we see it in, like, paint a lot. It's from the 1560s. And as you might guess, this comes from the Latin word for shadow, right? So we have words oh. like umbra, things like this. We, we get today, of course... Any any idea which word do we get from umbra today? Umbra, umbrella. Umbrella, of course, because it provides you shade. Of course, it's not Absolutely. how we use it. Usually, we use it for rain, but uh, also and this it was shades which you. Word root again? Umbra or umbra. Yeah, this is, is that the Latin, Latin word for shadow. Yeah. Nice. That's that's yeah. actually kind of a badass word. Uh, we also get umbrage. Which I don't oh, know why we get umbrage from that. The worst um, professor at Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, Sienna, of course, our other kind of paint pigment color. This is from the city of Sienna in Italy, where they mined that pigment. Is that Mexico, I want to say? Italy. <laughs> Italy, damn it. <laughs> That's fair. That's good. 
lot of uh, beige people in Mexico, so I can see the. See the oh situation. yeah, no, I'm just <laughs> uh, Sienna. Just sounds like such a Spanish word. <laughs> yeah, fair. Uh, tan, uh, maybe not surprising because we we know this process of tanning is usually related to leather. So uh-huh. tan was originally the color of tanned leather, right? Kind of coming from the process. There. Gotcha. And that uh, word around. origin is Florida. <laughs> Makes sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was originally from a word tannum, uh, came about in 1888, and tannum was the word for the crushed oak bark that you used in tanning leather. Uh, that word tan or tannum was originally a Breton word, so again, kind of uh-huh. coming directly from English to English. And I think the the kind of cool fact about this one is, of course, what is a Christmas tree in German? Oh, a Tannenbaum. Tannenbaum, yeah. So same root, right? So tan originally had a meaning kind of like a tree. And in, in of course, in German, that still survives there. I am curious. And they curious. would use that bark of the I... tree to use the tan the leather, right? That's really, really cool. I, I, I'm kind of curious because uh, we're talking about tannin. Um, does this have anything to do with, like, the tannins that a lot of people say that they find in red wine? Uh, I thought you meant the, the tannins from uh, uh, Back to the Future lore. <laughs> so, you know, where you would go with that. Uh, I, will, I will tell you, I don't know. I, I didn't research uh-huh. that. We'll probably, we'll try to put that in our pockets for a later episode. But it's a cool idea. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised, right? Because you kind of get the sense that you got this sort of powdery kind of stuff that you're using in the leather process. You can you could kind of yeah. get where some... And, and the red wine is the thing that has the color and a stain. and Yeah, it's true. It's true. Kind of the staining quality. I could see that, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so you can kind of guess. So we, we had this idea of leather as being tanned and kind of getting this nice, rich color. And so this, of course, carried on to our own ideas about our own skin in the sun. So a tan oh. would be, you know, you getting kind of this burnished color on your, on your skin in that same way. Um, cool. Buff was originally a type of leather. Uh, this came from buffalo hide, so no, no surprise there. Oh. Um, the association to nakedness came around about 1600, and it was just the idea, of course, it's a skin, so you're in the buff, you're in your skin, your, mm. your own leather, your human leather. Your <laughs> so human <to> leather? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I'll try, to, try to see if that'll catch on, yeah. <laughs> I'm, wor- I'm writing a uh, Fifty Shades of Grey fantasy called uh, Fifty Shades of only- Human Leather. Do you like it? Oh, no, I hate it. It's the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Interestingly, the idea of being a buff, as in being a super fan of something, like I'm a real language buff or something, this also comes from the same origin, uh, because there were firefighters who would wear uh, kind of a buff-colored uniform in in New York City, and... Hmm. These firefighters, they were just like heroes, you know, so like uh, boys would be really into firefighters, as as oftentimes they are today, too. And uh, so they would be called buffs as, you know, related. First, it's like one of these, again, these like transposing things where first the firefighters were called buffs because they were wearing the buff covered clothes. And then the people who liked firefighters were called buffs as well. You know. Interesting. So, um, what about the association with like 
the verb buffing out a a, a smudge or uh, the other noun uh, or, or adjective really uh, or adjective no adverb adjective if somebody's sure, feeling sure. very buff feeling very buff in what way yeah like strong oh yeah yeah so as far as buffing uh, i think you know we generally have a lot of similar ideas related to leather about smoothing polishing treating oh, the leather yeah. so it comes from there now uh buffing in terms of becoming really strong really hunky comes from pretty much the same sense actually you have the sense of you are buffing yourself as in you are kind of polishing your appearance mm. you're making yourself more attractive uh so it came from almost like a verb sense and then it came out around to a noun an adjective sense of like okay he looks buff he looks like he's done a lot of quote unquote polishing on himself yeah and eventually you know as as it looks like he hunts a lot of vampires. Oh, okay. <laughs> True. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I think as beauty standards changed and, you know, like exercise became trendier, this idea of like working on your appearance became more about getting fit, you know? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Gosh. Also, uh, language is fun. Pretty good, right? Not bad at all. You know what else is fun? Dating, you know? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> super fun i think everyone agrees dating so much fun who could have more fun than uh just meeting random strangers who who oftentimes are uh very dangerous to be talking to in i know sometimes i feel so bad for aloe rose like it's (laughs) it's a risky business yeah it's real stressful and you know there's all these things where you know of course again there's kind of the uh the stress and the risk and the the fear that comes into trying to get into an intimate situation with a stranger uh there's also you know a lot of heartbreak involved because you you try not to develop feelings but it happens and then oftentimes things don't work out and yet it's still it's kind of fun in some ways too you know it's nice to go out to a restaurant with a person it's nice to uh go play mini golf or something so I gotta be honest, this sounds really bleak. Yeah, sure, most of the relationships that you have are going to end in tragedy, but hey, it's nice to have somebody to eat dinner with. (laughs) Totally. So, uh, considering how enthusiastic you are about it, uh, (laughs) I'm going to put you on basically like a dating show here, Hannah. Love it. I'm I'm the best at these. You've got three contestants. Ooh. Contestant number one. Contestant number two, contestant number three. Okay. And just to let you know, one of them has what I would consider a beige flag for me. Things that I, if someone said it, I would feel like, eh, I don't know about this person. Uh, some of them will contain a beige flag that I think I probably have, like something that ah. other people would probably consider to be a beige flag for me, in me, let's say. And again, so these are beige. So I, I, Definitely probably have some red flags, but we're not talking about red <laughs> flags here. So. Um, all the things that are horribly wrong with me, I'm going to leave those out. <laughs> we'll save that for the red podcast. <laughs> yeah, for our Patreon episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also then beige flags from the internet, right? Ooh. So something that someone else in a TikTok or something said. And so you can pick which one you think is... You know, sure. you'll tell me if you think they're red, green, beige, whatever. And which one you think, of course, is the least bad, Absolutely. I suppose, right? 
Okay. So these lucky contestants who have the opportunity to date me, red flag. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, contestant number one uh, never pairs their socks, right? So they, they never put their socks together. Uh, and they're, they're not just wearing all white socks or something. These are all different styles, different types of socks. And they just never pair them I agree. This is a beige up. flag. It's a, it's a quirk. Good job okay. on your sock game. I'm sure it's very, very uh, interesting. Nice, nice. Uh, this person, contestant number two, pronounces the L in folks. So they say like folks. In the folks. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I, ooh, I would say that this is an internet red uh, beige flag. I have not, I've heard you pronounce folks before, and I don't recall an L. Okay. And do you feel like it's a beige flag for you? Would this bother you? Oh, it would not bother me whatsoever. No, as long as you pronounce caramel with three syllables, we're good. (laughs) So not even a beige flag. Definitely not a red flag. No, blue, if anything. Okay. And uh, this person sets a timer, contestant number three, sets a timer to wake up instead of an alarm. So they say, okay, I got to be up at six. That's about... Six hours from now, I'll but set a timer But why wouldn't you just set an hours. alarm for six? <laughs> I don't know. That's what this person does. What do you think? Um, it's definitely quirky. Um, if you need to be up at six, like, I don't trust my own math skills enough to, like, that being an actual trusting, trustable lifestyle, I, they'd have to be pretty confident in their math. Do you um, feel like it would, it would be a beige flag or a red flag for you, or you feel like... It's just not I even think worth it's, mentioning. It's definitely not something that I'd be like, I must leave you forever and never see you again. <laughs> but it's like, uh, let's talk about this. Let's do a little a bit of logic. Okay, so it seems like it's probably a little beige for you. I right? really yeah, beige. That's a that's a fl- I, yeah, that's okay. a very comfortable color for that flag. Okay, so between pronouncing the L in folks, folks, uh, never pairing their socks. And setting a timer to wake up, I guess we could say here, which sounds the most compatible to you? Which, which do you think Ooh, you'd like to? Socks. Date? Absolutely 100% socks. The socks? Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, so I'll tell you. Uh, so the pronounces the L in folks is a beige flag for me. In other words, it's something that people do that kind of irritates me a little bit. Oh, I always okay. think like this person seems like they're one of these like hyper correctors where they're trying too hard to sound uh smart you know mm. uh and i i just always i read way into it i, I think a lot about how these people are probably yeah. have something it, wrong with them sometimes uh, you you get it you get the feeling like they're judging your verbal apostrophes <laughs> totally yeah and uh, that's me i'm the pilkanusia <laughs> totally Setting a timer to wake up. This was one of the internet ones. So it was uh, his girlfriend. She thought that was really weird that he did that. It's true. It is pretty weird. It's weird. Um, it's not logical. Yeah, it's one of those things where you see your partner do it, and you're like, you know, I don't know if this person has the rational thinking skills that I would like for them to have. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, this might cause some difficulties. So, never pairing their socks, that's me. Uh, High five, I, I love know. your socks. I always feel too busy 
I wear socks that have like patterns and funny stuff on them usually, uh, which is in itself probably a red flag for some people. Uh, and <laughs> I just never feel like I have the time to pair them. I try very hard to wear the same two socks or similar ones. But, you know, how often do people see your socks anyway? You know, they're under you know pants what? and shoes. I totally get that. And here's my personal beige flag. I don't even wear socks most of the time. <laughs> uh, are you putting on shoes, though? I am mostly wearing shoes, yes. And what kind of shoes, though? Ballet like, flats. Okay, that's not so bad. If you're wearing, like, tinny shoes, like sneakers, that's pretty messed up. Oh, yeah, that's heinous. Or ballet cowboy f- boots. Ballet flats are, yeah, that would be awful, but... Ballet flats are pretty breathable, and they're not too much, like, they're not going to callous up your skin too much, so that's not so crazy. It's a beige flag, not a red flag. We both have weird feet. (laughs) True. Uh, Let's see, what what here do we want to go with next? Okay, uh, ah, always sleeps with their feet outside of the blankets. Hmm. Uh, What else here? Interesting. Always sleeps with their feet outside of the blanket. Mm-hmm. And what do you think? Is it a red flag, beige flag, green? I'll call that a beige flag for sure. More blanket for me for one thing. Also, if you want to have your feet grabbed by the monster under your bed, it's no skin off my back. You know what you're doing. You're a grown-up. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying too hard to choose one here. It's, it's such a wealth of choices. Uh... I think let's go with, I'm trying to equal these things out, you know. Yeah. Uh, Gets their right and their left mixed up, right? Gets right and left mixed up. Oh, shucks. If that's a a red flag, I'm in trouble, y'all. Like, (laughs) I still need to do the L thing. Sounds like one you would have. Or just, like, I have to take half a second and try to remember which hand I write with, and that's, that's the right hand. (laughs) <laughs> like, it's a it's funny thing too it's like uh it's a funny like language thought experiment is like imagine if you are trying to define right and left for someone who doesn't you know speak oh, the yeah. language and you can't translate and it's anthropologically a cool speaking that's you know? like a really really interesting uh, uh way of thinking there are uh Polynesian islands who prior to being introduced to Westerners had no concept of right and left. Anytime they had direction, uh, it would be north, south, east, west. Sure, yeah. Yeah, to the point that if you uh, spun this person around, dunked them in water, and and brought them up in a second, they could tell you exactly which direction north is. Like, it's so ingrained into uh, the culture, just like right and left are ingrained in our culture that we always know where how to geolocate ourselves yeah it's true yeah it'd be cool i, I wish i had that superpower of all yeah me too i can get direction. lost in a wet paper bag yeah i i have a big problem with it i, I get lost in like new buildings that i go into very often mm-hmm. like uh dentists dentists are the worst you know oh it always gosh. feels like a maze to get back out you know oh my gosh yes and we and we went to um a tiny tiny town munising um in uh the upper peninsula of michigan and i got lost i got lost (laughs) two blocks away from the place that i had last seen my family that is how good i am at directions yeah same here uh i i don't know i I think there's something wrong with us 
cognitively. I don't think it's normal <laughs> to, be, to be this bad with directions. It's pretty sad. Uh, but okay, so contestant number three, very bad with direct. No, I'm just kidding. Contestant number, th- <laughs> I should add that actually to my beige flags. Okay, bad okay, at Contestant number three uh, has just bad tattoos. You know, kind of boring tattoos. Boring tattoos. Not creative or interesting. Yeah, kind of boring. Not not good choices. I think I'd actually classify that a red flag. I mean, you're making a decision about how you want to present yourself. At least make it cool. Don't, I mean, don't, like, be basic about your tattoos. What are you talking about? Are you kidding me? This is, like, <laughs> how you express your soul. And you want to do Winnie the Pooh? <laughs> yeah. This is, the, the really funny thing is, one, I have a really boring tattoo. It's, <laughs> it's very nondescript. Uh, What's it for? It's a long story. Uh, I'll tell you some other time when we See, have an episode See, that's the about thing. It. If it's a story, if there's a story behind it, that's what makes a good tattoo. It's if not you a just good go story. to the tattoo person and said, "I heard they're doing like thirteen dollar uh, tattoos," <laughs> what you got? Yeah, or you know, sometimes they do promotions where you go in the tattoo place, they'll give you like a fifty dollar tattoo, but there's just a little list of tattoos yeah. they'll do. It's wild that people do that, but we, I went to one with a friend once because they wanted to get it. And the line was too long. We couldn't get a tattoo that day. They were booked. <laughs> it was so wild. Wow. Uh, but, but yeah, so I, t- I say it's a long story because it's a boring story. So that's why. Oh. Uh, but <laughs> also, this it's was one of like my It's long like the grapes beige... of wrath, not long like the hangover. This was, yeah, exactly. This is one <laughs> of my beige flags for me. So this is something where when I see people with bad tattoo choices i think yeah that person's i don't i probably don't want to date them did i ever tell you about the uh woman i saw in the tim hortons drive-thru with the really bad chinese tattoo (laughs) maybe so yeah yeah i was taking something different from what she thought yeah yeah she pointed to each of the characters and she said it means soul mate and i had to bite my tongue because it actually meant slut ah okay bummer yeah that's just too bad for her Hopefully she'll get it removed or, yeah, or covered hope, up. They do yeah, cover up covered up with a like a a flower or something cool. Okay, so you got you got bad tattoos, which you already said was a red flag for you. Yeah, bad um, tattoo, red flag. The other thing we went with there was, uh, gosh, what did we say there? Oh, sleeps with the feet outside the covers, and then the other one there was, um, what was the first one? Uh, gets right and left mixed up. So which yeah. one of these three people seems most compatible to you? I mean, if I if we're talking about compatibility in that we're two peas in a pod, it's the right and left mix up because sure. that's me. Uh, if we're talking about compatibility as in uh, this is something that uh, I fail in and you can uh, supplement, um, I'd say uh, feet outside the blanket because that leaves more blanket for me. Right, and just to avoid having two people who can't tell. Right. Yeah. That makes sense, yeah. All right, so uh, right and left was the internet, and uh, feet outside of the blanket is me. I never cover my feet. Oh, my so gosh. I can't sleep with my feet covered. Okay, <laughs> so for the sake of time, let's, go, let's just run through some of these other ones. Let me sure. know what you think. So beige flags for me, things that I thought of that if a person had it maybe even some red flag but it's one of those things again where it's like there are some beige flags that are kind of harmless there are others where you feel kind of like ah, it's negotiable you know it's like yeah, how okay, lonely am sure. i exactly you know uh people who I'm say open. that 
people who say that plants feel pain too, you know, people who point this out. Um, um, I always feel like it's very disingenuous. It's not really, they're not really making the argument from a place of passion about plant rights or something. They're just trying to like own the vegans, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They're just trying to make vegans feel bad. That's bad. Uh, someone who watches reality TV shows, I know that's pretty, uh, almost probably a little like, I don't know, chauvinist of me, but I, I just really, I still feel very judgy of people who are watching like, you know, okay. housewives or, or, Let's uh, let's make a distinction here. Do we are, when we say reality television, are we talking about like competitions, like Amazing Race or Glow Up or Great British Bake Off? Because those are all my top three. I like competition shows that are like game show ish. So oh. like Bake Off, I watch Bake Off, and I watch those where it's like they're trying to compete to do something that they have a talent in. I I think that's cool, and mm-hmm. and I realize the Top Model is that too, but. I don't, I, and again, I know I'm just being a little chauvinist, but I don't really think of modeling as a, as a talent that I want to celebrate okay. in the same way that I do, like cooking, you know? Totally fair. I mean, uh, Desperate Housewives is in everybody's bag, or Housewives of New York, or how many housewives are there? I don't know. Too many. Tons. Uh, doesn't read books, for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, some basic thing is a too big of a part of your whole identity, like harry potter or the office or something you know <laughs> i mean it's it's fine to like those things it's just like when you make that kind of your your whole thing the you know, whole I, I thing know. yeah <laughs> yeah don't be a one-hit uh, wonder and someone who doesn't remember things that we've already talked about like people who like will have the same conversation with me that i've had before and, uh. and again and even as i get older like i I'm starting to do that more and more myself. So yeah, this is a too. thing that really bothered me when I was young. But now mm. it's like I am that person. You know, it's like you live long enough to become the thing you hate. I guess, <laughs> you know? uh, my own beige flags are so things about me that are probably red flags or beige flags for others. Uh, I am vegan, of course. This is a deal breaker for a lot of people. <laughs> and even if it's not, I think it's a thing that people look askance at you know i think uh, Um, i think the whole vegan like you're not pushy about it there are some vegans that are like super like well really it's about healing this earth and that's that's too much i don't but you know as a vegan from the inside i often think i really should i mean i think courage of your convictions like if you really think that it's incredibly wrong it's almost like one step below you know human slavery or something you should be really pushy about it. Otherwise, you're just kind of being, you're you're being a hypocrite, you know. So I, yeah. I don't know. I probably should be pushier, but yeah, I'm just not that kind okay. of person. I get um, that. I eat weird food combinations, so uh, hard to you know judge yourself. But other people tell me this. I was and in you writing this. Say I was that you're vegan, so that's kind true. of redundant. Uh, <laughs> true. Yeah, I, I wanted to think of an example, so. Uh, on the day I wrote this for breakfast, I had like a hash brown patty uh, for breakfast. I had on top of that uh, a piece of tofu that I'd fried. On top of that, I put red and green olives, and on top of that, ketchup. And it was really, really good. It was like I really I can't wait to eat it again. I think I'll probably make the same breakfast this weekend. Yeah. Okay, so 
Of course, we're we're going a little long-winded here. Let me just uh, machine gun through the rest of these real quick, and then we'll talk about a few of the uh, ones, the famous ones from the internet. So I, I brush my teeth with kids' toothpaste because I don't like mint. Uh, I don't make eye contact when I'm talking to people. I have a podcast. <laughs> I drink black coffee. I never stay in bed after I wake up. I, I always get up immediately. Uh, I, I have no in-person friends. <laughs> and of course, as we said, I'm bad with directions. Uh, so the internet ones, uh, so interesting ones that became popular on TikTok, I, oftentimes interesting in that, you know, it's like, I think for, in a lot of ways, we might not even think of them as beige. They, they, some of them sound kind of green. Some of them sound really red. Yeah. Uh, throwing surprise parties for a guest list of one. So in other words, throwing your significant other a surprise party just for one person with uh, no guests. I don't think that's a party. I think that's just a surprise. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, a party <laughs> kind of implies that there are other people there. But I suppose <laughs> yeah. if you decorate or something, what what else do you call it, right? Uh, announcing everything you're about to do, even if it's just getting milk out of the fridge. Okay, but it's really, really helpful if you're an anime protagonist in a fight. <laughs> yeah, or you're like a like a radio uh, show uh, character or something. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> or a podcaster, I suppose. Oh yeah. Um, never bothers asking follow up details about anything. Right. So you tell them something, they never ask you for more information. You know. Hmm. Yeah, that that is because it could I it could be either really disinterested in other people or just really chill. Yeah, and you know, again, some of these it's like you kind of you have to keep in mind like neurodivergence. You have mm-hmm. to say, well, you know, they probably they might just not communicate quite uh in the same way you would expect. And so sure. sometimes you just need to volunteer information more. Uh but for me, honestly, this borders on red flag. Like uh I tend to only tell people things when I'm asked questions about things, mm-hmm. you know. So like um for me, this one's, that's a little difficult, I would say. Yeah, I think this one is down to communication styles. Um, yeah, for yeah. sure. And again, that's kind of a thing about uh, partnerships, relationships. You have to yeah. be compatible, right? So, can be a red flag, could even be just a beige flag. Maybe it's not a big problem. Um, eats the exact same breakfast every day. Red flag. Mix wow. <laughs> it up. Are you Amazing. kidding me? You can wow. Uh, I mean, you just want the same kind of day every single day? <laughs> That's a good point. There are so Takes... many flavors than egg. That's true. But eggs are really good. Not that I eat them anymore. <laughs> but basically, you can put uh, some black salt on tofu and you basically have eggs. It's actually <laughs> pretty good. Um, Takes the entire day to drink one cup of coffee. Sometimes they put it in the fridge to finish later. That's literally me. <laughs> See, I can't I'm like, take I, two, yeah yeah i cannot drink like a whole thing of coffee in a day yeah and tiana is the same she oftentimes i don't know how often she finishes any drinks uh but me i'm <laughs> such the opposite like i really if i have something to drink i will drink everything that's in mm-hmm. front of me um i i just can't turn off the the impulse to drink more i'm the same with food like if I have a bag of chips, I eat the whole bag of chips, you know? Gotcha. Yeah, no, I'll Which drink is... anything that is in front of me. It's just the caffeine will f- mess me up forever. I have to take it away from myself. 
the and fridge at work. Probably true for me, but also I don't have the impulse control to stop it. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, so uh, dunking Oreos in water instead of milk. Um, red flag. Why do you hate joy? It's harmless, though. I don't. I don't know if it's a red flag. It is you know harmless. I mean? It just speaks yeah. to sort of like cautiousness that borders on milk toast. Oh, uh, you think maybe it's like dietary, like they're trying to save calories process. Uh, I, I, mean, I just don't even believe this one's true. I, I just can't believe there's a person on Earth who's actually doing this. This sounds like a troll, you know. It, it sounds like something that you did so that people would ask you about it. Stop it. Totally. Uh, maintaining a Lego obsession into adulthood. Beige. Yeah. Everybody brother, needs a special interest, and Lego and is... my brother um, is this. My brother uh, still builds Legos. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It probably is a beige leg. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moves their couch or rearranges their furniture uh, roughly every two weeks. Um, I would say that's kind of beige bordering on red for me. Why aren't you feeling, like, comfortable in your own space? Like, do you feel itchy? Wow, so judgy with your uh, with your flagging. For me, I'm always thinking about, well, how does it affect me? So maybe I'm like egocentric. It's but- not, I just want them to be at peace. And and somebody that n- like moves furniture every two weeks is clearly not happy with the flow of their interesting. life. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, I don't really like this much because I just enjoy the familiarity of things mm-hmm. being in the same spots. I very rarely move anything. I yeah, also I don't want to be expected to help. I think that's, that's, oh, that's a big true. part of it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and actually, my mother is like this. She, she, when we were growing up, she would move furniture seemingly every week, sometimes more than one time a week. Really? And, yeah, and I, I think it just comes from a uh, feeling of wanting to, you know, just have some new feeling, make things mm-hmm. seem different, you know, kind of arranging your life in a kind of way you know yeah i get it but it also really really bothered me i really didn't like having to constantly adjust to a new furniture arrangement and you know it's also like there's an ideal oftentimes there's a limited number of ideal arrangements you know and other ways are kind of crazy you don't want the tv behind your head or something yeah you know yeah but (laughs) there's a finite number of acceptable living room arrangements and uh you'd better settle on one quickly because the uh you're very quickly going to end up stumbling and bumping your toe into a piece of errant furniture it's true yeah that's the other thing like nighttime movement you know you you really helps to have things in the same spot Mm -hmm. um Eating live ants he finds crawling around his house. No. Who does a that? TikTok video. A Some hu- dude. A, that a human? Was dating a girl. Yeah, a human dude. A dating a girl who ate ants? She, he ate the ants. She didn't eat He them. ate the ants. She, she reported it to TikTok. I'd report it to the police. Flag. The amazing thing to me is she, she felt this was a beige flag, you know? Yeah, let's get out. Let's get out now. <laughs> that's a red flag, honey. That's uh, He eats insects off the ground without washing yeah, them. I think this is kind of what is, leads to the success of beige flag. is like a, a term that spreads, you know. And probably why we don't hear about green flags so much is like, you hear about these, they're oftentimes a little bit outrageous. They're 
you know, uh, something you can debate about, something you can mm-hmm. argue, no, that's crazy, or no, I do that too, that's totally normal, stuff like that, you know. Do you eat ants? I don't. No. Okay. Uh, I couldn't even bring myself to eat the, like, cooked ants that you get, you know. Yeah, what is it called? Um, it's it's know. not elote, it's, uh, it's, anyway, some sort of <laughs> yeah, anyways. taco. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, gets impatient at restaurants and helps the server bring plates to the table. Um, <laughs> that, that, that's a weird situation that I've never encountered. Me I mean, either. on the one but, hand, helpful. On the other hand, a little bit condescending. Seems rude. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But let the person do like their job. A, would you feel like it's a red flag or just beige? Or? I think so. I, I Just because I hate it when people tell me how to do my job or try to do my job for me, um, I feel like this kind of falls under the, uh, the purview of mistreats waitstaff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that way too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like you got to leave a little room for just... You know, possibly they're just a little bit neurodivergent or something. And this mm-hmm. is maybe just a thing. They never really process the the social, uh, what, unspoken rules there mm-hmm. and so on. You know? And so, don't get me wrong. It is what it is. I have worked customer service for a very long time. And sometimes I catch myself using my customer service voice and my customer service persona, like, outside of work. If mm-hmm. this is like this person's just like a mega waiter and they just can't turn it off for long enough oh, to true. have a dinner with their significant other, like that's one thing. If it's just so like, true. here, sweetie, let me grab that plate from you. Like that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, so true. All right. So those are beige flags. Uh, you know what? Where else there are a lot of flags? Oh, really? Uh, where? The, con- the, 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 the country of Europe. The country of Europe. <laughs> the beautiful country of Europe. <laughs> which contains Australia, of course, which is no yes. more ridiculous than the thing I just said. The most recent. When you really and, think about oh it. Oh, my God. Did you hear about Australia's freaking indigenous referendum? No, no. Oh, my goodness. That? Australia. Is get, it good news it, or bad news? Bad news. Oh. Yeah, they, they decided that uh, indigenous people are, are not people in australia oh, i know 2023 and that's like the how the referendum worked out get it together australia and i'm saying that wow. as an american man politics it's just really there's some kind of trajectory that's happening you know it's i don't know i i guess just too many ultra rich evil villains you know mm. i don't know what else could be causing it i don't know Next but, week we talk about the best recipes for eating the rich. It would wow, that would be a great episode too. <laughs> I would actually, yeah, yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see, right? Will Eurovision have some response to Australia if it's if it's a big enough? Yeah, uh, standard, and you know? if it's going to have a response to Israel as well, it's um, that's so true. Yeah, mm-hmm. so true. Yeah, that'll be interesting to wait and see what happens mm-hmm. there. All right, so. Um, after the break, we'll get into this week's Eurovision. Thank God, not Australia or Israel. <laughs> uh, we're talking about different countries. The that, much less, uh, pro- the much less controversial country of Armenia. Yeah, right <laughs> when we get back. Okay, you good? I'm good. Are you good? All good. Yeah. Are you sure? All right, let's let's bring this home. Are you tired of this reality? Us too. 
How about once a week, you take a break and visit a different reality? In Jack Billings Presents Haunted Apartment Complex, we bring you a comedy podcast full of ghosts, werewolves, gentle vampires, and Frankenstein monstrosities made of 72 people stitched together. And somehow, that's not even the strange stuff. A proud member of the Podmoth Network. Every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Uh, We're discussing Armenia this week. Their uh, 2023 Eurovision offering, which was a song called Future Lover by a performer named Brunette. Yeah, which is another word for brown. Oh, yeah, absolutely right. So, so yeah, this this song, I was so proud of my choice because, uh, <laughs> you know, you got Brunette there, kind of like a brownie color close to beige. Yeah. Uh, You've got this future lover thing where it seems a little bit beige flaggy where she's like so into this like uh, imaginary boyfriend she's created, you know. Yeah. Um, which I, I've, I've again, I've done a lot of dating. I've, I've encountered that before where the, it's really, it's a weird situation to be in, right? Where they have this very, very clear, specific idea of their boyfriend that they've imagined in their head. And of course, you're a real person. Yeah. You know, so it's like, uh, it's really, I, I don't yeah. know if you've seen The Fall of the House of Usher yet on uh, Netflix. No. I just started watching it. It's tremendously good. But um, one of the characters has this um, thing with her husband that uh, it, it sort of suggests that she doesn't engage fully with him. Like he, she idolizes him and treats him as the face of her brand and everything, but she cannot bring herself to be romantic or intimate with him. Mm. Like it's, it's, I don't know. It's just, it calls to mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, you you know, it's like you, you meet people who are, have this kind of like where they're not really grounded in reality and they're they're choosing not to live in reality. It's oftentimes a beige flag at the yeah, and it's getting yeah. parasocial a little bit, doesn't it? Totally, yeah. And in addition to these things, uh, I don't know if you watched the music video, but wearing beige, yeah, her very whole costume beige, was beige, very beige cool. outfit, beige uh, girl as well. She's pretty much beige. Color. Yeah, she's beige. She's <laughs> beige head to toe. Just all those all those different flavors of beige. In fact, I I think I wrote. Um, I think brunette's uh, name should be like miley kardashian because <laughs> i got big miley cyrus vibes i got big kardashians vibes and i think the kardashians are Armenian as well so i mean it does make sense i that, think you're right yeah yeah it makes sense to me totally uh so this song future well brunette was chosen by the uh public television company of Armenia. So that's basically how they do their choosing. The the company, the TV station that broadcasts Eurovision in Armenia, they also make the choice of who's going to be their representative. So it's an internal uh, selection? No uh, no voting? Internal. No voting at all. Right. And as far as I could tell, it's not really clear how they choose exactly. I guess they just reach a decision, the top execs, amongst themselves um 
And they said there that basically they felt like they did pretty good uh, last year. I don't really remember the details too much, but we did talk about Armenia last year. But we did talk about Armenia was. last year. Yeah. Uh, and, and they said like they had chosen kind of a young, fresher act was their words. And they wanted to do the same thing again this year, see if they could uh, recapture some success there, you know. And okay. um, and I, I don't know. To me, it seems like she did fairly well. So she placed sixth out of 16 in the semifinal. And she did make it to the final. And she placed 14th. She got 122 points. That's awesome. That's the same amount that they, um, uh, that Austria got. 120, right? Wow. Yeah, I guess so. I don't, I don't remember that. What <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think of this song? Did you like it? Not like it much? Um, I I did. I mean, uh, it was good. I think it was a it was a very European uh, Eurovision sort of poppy, um, idealistically romantic, but at the same time a good dance hit. Hmm, cool. Yeah, and, and of course she wrote it herself. It's, you know, oh, really? Her, okay. If she's to be believed, yeah. So that's that's nice too. It's always nice to see someone write their own song. Absolutely kind of makes you like it a little more. Yeah, me, I, I, maybe this is my favorite of the whole year. You know, it's like now really? I, I start, stop to remember everything quite so well. I, I know I also like Bridges. I also liked, I um, was it Albania? But I didn't like their ultimate final performance. Uh, but it has like a very epic sound to it. I like it. It, it seems almost a little bit operatic or classical in a way yeah. that feels a little weird, you know? Uh, she's got like this kind of emotional urgency in her voice that that I like. So it, it's good. It's it's really like a charged song. You know, you feel really energized. Yeah, you're it. right. Uh, and, this uh, is the. It does have that switch that I don't usually like in songs, where uh, it has <laughs> uh, like something changes. Yeah, you like your songs to be more beige. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just want my songs to sound like those songs. Like, why are you changing? If I like the song, then why would you change the song halfway through the song? I like the song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas me, I'm pretty much the opposite. I, I like change. I get bored very quickly, I think. <laughs> um, this is the, speaking of change, this is the first uh, song featuring the Armenian language to qualify since 2009. But it's, of course, just right at the end. It's almost like a Armenian chaser. After she sings most of it, in Armenian English, Chaser. You know? That's yeah. that's a a red flag drink. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, yeah, and I I don't know as far as the meaning of the song. I mean, it's pretty clear, right? She's kind of uh, fantasizing about this imaginary lover and kind of just being optimistic, like, oh, in the future, I'm gonna kind of uh, what do they call it? Like a uh, visualizing or the secret uh, where you're just kind of manifesting yeah she yeah. sort of seems to be manifesting this lover which uh also people who believe in manifesting probably a red flag <laughs> her, i'd say, I'd say so yeah i mean optimism in general beige flag for me oh, yeah i mean how do you mean <laughs> people who it? think good things will happen in the future beige flag for me. yeah you know i i um i happen i have a little bit of a, a strained relationship with optimism um, if somebody tells me, hey, I mean, your cancer is in remission now, you sh that's great news. Everything's cool. Cool. Thanks. You're not the person to tell me that. It's true. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a trouble, right? It's like, and we talked about it before this toxic optimism, right? Yes. Where, where people kind of use it as a almost like a dominating tool to kind of bend you to fit into their what what's pleasant for them, what's yeah. what's nice for them, you know, these acceptable levels of I don't know pain and that we're allowed to show you know a little bit about me and how petty i am if you tell me that i ought to be happy i'm just gonna find reason to be miserable <laughs> try me <laughs> that's fair yeah it, it, this song you know it's like obviously we talked about the beige flag of just like you know inventing this fake lover and then telling everyone about it it's pretty weird uh and but also here she says she kind of goes into this part where she's talking about like panic attacks and mm-hmm. you know having anxiety and you know the stress of life and then she goes right into this line like uh i decide to be good do good look good which it makes it seem to me like she's saying like you know i'm i'm going to make the decision to project this outward appearance of i'm good i'm healthy i feel good i i'm uh you know i'm gonna shove down all these like yeah imperfections in myself and not show them in order to attract my perfect boyfriend you know ah the bait and switch yeah which it's that sucks but it's also really relatable to be fair you know this is the kind of thing that i think we all feel even if you're not dating, just with friends and stuff, you know, we're all kind of wanting to try to, we have this feeling that we need to seem good in order to, you know, for people to feel like we're likable, you know? Yeah, yeah. Not a whole lot of people are hanging around Nazis right now. That's true, yeah. And, And I think, like, that's, as I've talked about before, I think that's a nice thing that music does where, you can take things that would be toxic or uh, kind of like almost like a faux pas in other uh, media or in real life conversation. You can be vulnerable in a way where you're sharing the things that are a little bit messed up about you or or feelings that everybody can relate to, but you really shouldn't, you know. And it's still, it's a good thing to have in a song. So it, again, it's something that I really like about this song. It's like she's saying, you know, I mean, she's really putting it all on the table. She's saying like, one, I, I made up this imaginary boyfriend that I think about all the time. And two, I really have a lot of mental health issues and I just pretend that I don't. You know? Oh, yeah. That's actually really, really relatable. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not even so It's cool. Great song. Great song. I think it should have done better than it did. All right. So finally, so to bring it back to language a little bit. So the Armenian language, uh, this is the sole member of a independent branch of the Proto-Indo-European language, uh, let's say, grandchildren, right? Oh. Uh, and so it's kind of nice in that way for linguists because it's, you know, it's unique. Yeah. Uh, some linguists consider it to be the closest to Greek. They share the most similarities, but it's still very, very far. I think Greek, Greek is pretty close to Greek. Of course, that's true, too. Probably closer than Armenia, for sure. Um, <laughs> so, of course, Armenia, uh, this famously, as we discussed last year, they, they have a big diaspora. So they've, they've had a, yeah. a genocide that they've lived through and their, their country has struggled. And a lot of Armenians have moved to 
other countries. Uh, but the language still survives somewhat, at least for now, still survives fairly well. Uh, at this point, there are five to seven million speakers of Armenian uh, worldwide. Yeah, I used um, to work with um, a woman who had come over from Armenia, and she was very, very proud of the fact that she spoke the oldest language, oldest living language in the world. Exactly, and you, you see that, right? Where especially these, I think, I think you just talked about a couple. Uh, we were talking about with uh, Rob Watts, mm-hmm. right? This idea that whenever you move to a different country, oftentimes these like identifying sense of your language get stronger because it's, yeah. a, it's an, a, a part of your cultural identity that you still have, right? Yeah. Um, uh, just one little detail randomly about Armenian. It has no grammatical gender, not even in their pronouns. So they don't even have like oh. a she and he differentiation. Really? Um, they do have a, a feminine suffix that they might use. So like if they need to say a woman teacher, they have kind of an ending to make it clear that it's not a male teacher. Uh, but that's not like mandatory or anything, right? So, so it's weirdly in in a lot of ways kind of a genderless language grammatically. Speaking. That's really cool. Do we it's know how it affects rare. like the gender relations? How are gender relations in Armenia? No, I don't know if it has any mm. effect on that or not. Uh, the thing I did look up. up, the thing I did look up today is uh, Armenian terms of endearment. Right, Woo! so we're kind of talking about romance stuff today. So I thought it would be interesting to see what do Armenians say to, you know, people they love in, in some form or other. Love this. Uh, so they oftentimes will call a romantic partner my soul, uh, which I guess maybe you have similar things if we're being really dramatic. Uh, and that is some, I'm, of course, I'm going to try to pronounce these, but I have no idea how they really pronounce. But I'm going to say something like hokies. this. <laughs> Um, they, they'll just call them life. And this is Kionk. Kionk? Uh, now getting to the interesting ones. My tasty. And this is <laughs> oftentimes referring to a child, you know, this like universal sense of wanting to eat children. You know? Gotcha. So Armenia's yeah. filled with those, uh, Hansel Gretel witches. Uh, and we've got that one translates to something like Hamovs. I don't know exactly. Uh, mm. little booty. And I have no idea why that little is, booty? but that's also for a child. Little booty, yeah. Okay, is it and little booty is, uh, like little butt, or little booty like little shoe? Little butt. <gasps> okay, so that's my aunt. My aunt is, uh, is very butt-focused when she talks she about how much she loves people. Like, um, little butt? Yeah, like, that's such a cute wow. tushy, I'm gonna bite it. <laughs> I know, I'm Wonderful. 30. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you could see it's so emphatic, right? It's like you could say, oh, what a cute kid. And it's not quite so impactful as saying, what a cute tushy, I want to bite it. Right? You can kind of see how you just want something stronger. You want something more extreme, less less beige. It's visceral. It's visceral. It's it's something (laughs) that, like, you can sink your teeth into, so to speak. Uh, Let me take your pain to savda tenem. So this is Why? an expression of strong love, right? So you're saying, I love you so much. Let me, let me just make it so you never feel pain. I'll feel all your pain instead. That's, I don't know how you feel about that one. That one sounds kind it's of... A little, uh, it's a little over the top to me. It's a little bit love bomby, if you know what love bomb yeah, is. Yeah, it's a yeah. little bit, it's a little bit Stella! 
Uh, I will die on your body. <laughs> oh my god, that's worse! <laughs> <laughs> that is Memem Janid. Oh my gosh, that's awful! I will eat your liver. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jigyard jig Utem. Okay, yeah, yeah. The um, uh, Proteus and that uh, vulture really, that eagle really loved Proteus. Uh, Prometheus. Prometheus, on- isn't it? Prometheus, yeah. Let me die on your height. Unclear what they mean by that. Die on uh, your height? Height, like uh, how tall you are. Yeah, what? Let me die on your height. Unclear why they say it exactly <laughs> this way. Translates to something like boyid mimem. Probably one of these things where it's like weirdly untranslatable. You know, uh, yeah. as far as I could tell, it meant something kind of like you, you're wishing, you're hoping for their growth, for them to strive, to grow taller. Oftentimes, again, kind of a, something that you might say to a child. And something also like something that. that'll lead to your inevitable demise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of dying in, in these, which I, I don't know. I mean, I guess, understandably fatalistic. Yeah. Right. Uh, Let me witness your dying, kindness before I perish. Sure, yeah, I, I say that to people all the time. <laughs> Mostly to my cats, you know. Uh, <laughs> I always tell my cats that they have to outlive me. You know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what other solution there is there. Uh, and speaking of dying, so this podcast is about to die because oh god, no, resuscitate! Wait, no, <laughs> just let it pass. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a good death, you know. Yeah, it's one of those satisfying deaths. Like you expected it. You saw how long this totally. podcast was, and you see how long you have left right now. You must have expected totally. this outcome. Totally. All right, so um, you can find our podcast, many others, on podmoth.network. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Getting Down and Wordy and on TikTok at Getting Down and Wordy. Uh, I'll mention again, we do have an email that I never check. I haven't checked it since last time I mentioned it, but that is <laughs> Getting Down and Wordy at gmail.com. Uh, if you like the podcast, uh, think about giving us a rating or review. We appreciate it. And uh, catch us next week. I believe we're talking about mental yeah. health. Next week That's is my week and it's going to be a fun one. We'll see about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so next week it looks like we'll talk about mental health but with an interesting twist of course. It was so too broad of a topic to talk about all all of it. So we'll Oh we'll, yeah. Um, no, it, it don't little, you worry. It's going to be so mentally unhealthy you're not even going to believe it. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Catch you again in a couple weeks. Toodles!